Hey guys, my name is Tara. And my name is Jessica. And together we co-host the podcast, Three Spooked Girls. If you love the paranormal. Or murder. Join us every Monday as we tell our listeners about a new spooky tale or true crime case. We'll have a special drink recipe each episode picked out by me for you to enjoy while we scare the hell out of you. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever the hell else you listen to podcasts. Come hang out with us and get your spooky on. Welcome back to The Woods, a podcast about the mysterious, the legendary, and the plain weird. Because you never know what you're going to find in the woods. I am Shazne. And I'm Sandy. This week is an interesting (laughs) episode, I believe. Um, Yeah, very historical heavy. Sorry for those who don't like history, but... You're about to get learnt some stuff. About to get enlightened. Yeah. The world isn't just about you. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> Says me. <laughs> Who's I who I who likes to think that the world revolves around me. I mean I think we all like to believe that the world revolves around ourselves. I was like today I saw this like little like bodysuit for a baby that's like actually the world does revolve around me and it was like this little solar system, but instead of the sun it said me. Um, my life. I should get that t-shirt. On a t-shirt. Okay. <laughs> Just get, I'll get you the bodysuit for now. If I find it. For babies, you said? Yeah, it's for babies. It's a bodysuit. Well, I can't for wear babies. that. I want that small. Uh, so you could put it on your dog, but I it probably won't fit. put it on my fit. foot. Sure. They could put it on Loki. Like, oh, I it fits Loki. the same. Uh, you know what? That very much describes Loki's Honestly, perception on the world. He thinks everything's about him just because everything is about him. <laughs> so true. <laughs> okay, um, so I'm sure you guys heard at the beginning of this episode we had another promo. Yay! This time it is from Three Spooked Girls. Which is a big mood. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's only two of us. Three Spooked Girls. Well, I guess there's us and then the ghost. There's definitely a ghost. We don't know what the ghost identifies as. We could also be three spooked girls. Possible. Or two spooked girls and a ghost. A spooked ghost. Can ghosts be spooked? Probably. I guess they were humans once. They are spooked. You know, this reminds me of our live stream when Dylan said, can ghosts be horny or do they have to die that way? And to be honest, I've been thinking about it a lot more than I should be. Oh my god. Um, yeah. I was going to totally say something. Oh, we we totally do have a ghost because every time we record, there's always, I was telling you this earlier, there's always a weird noise that I have to try to edit around every single time for the last like 25 episodes the ghost is just trying to be part of the podcast and then it's feeling left out the ghost threw a rock at us today yeah like right when we were talking about it it threw a little rock i guess it was like a pebble (laughs) but still (laughs) yeah um so totally there is a ghost here it's our third co-host obviously and loki um ghost person if you would like you can speak into the microphone now Okay, I'm scared now. You just... 
opened up communication with it. I've done this before, not for half The time I ever talk to my ghost is when I tell it to stop making Loki bark. Because <laughs> sometimes, like, there's a corner of my room where Loki will just sit there and bark, and I get, like, it's usually when I'm trying to sleep, so I'm like, can you fuck off, please? I'm trying to sleep and you're scaring my dog. Okay, <laughs> that's fair. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, ghost person, if you said anything, thank you. You can leave now. Bye. <laughs> um. Okay, if there's a glitch right when, like, he was supposed to be talking, I'm gonna be so scared. And I'll be like, Ian, you have to come get me right now. I'm well, scared. there was that one episode that there was that really weird, awful noise. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, I guess the ghost hasn't hurt me yet, so mm. I should be fine. Yeah, we're fine. We're fine. It's okay. Yeah. Not- yeah. We sold our souls for 49 cents. Oh, and we're right. Alive. True. It's because Satan didn't want it. was like a mercy buy. It was like, yeah. ugh, I feel bad not buying it. So <laughs> here's a little, here's some change in my pocket. Pretty much. Okay, so uh, some other. Sh- well, yeah, first thing, thanks Three Spooked Girls for the promo. Yes. You guys are wicked cool, like a legendary. Like, for some reason, I've known about your podcast for a long, long you time. You guys are mysterious, and... legendary, and plain weird. More than yeah, totally. we will ever Every be. Every time I've seen you guys, I was like, oh, those girls are so cool. Wow, if only we could be friends. And then. If only we could be them when we grow up. Yeah, pretty much. And then. We got your promo, and how cool is that? Ooh. Oh, oh <laughs> We're so lame. <laughs> Literally. Um, next, we'd like to give a little shout out to Tennis Pod for their review. On yeah, they iTunes. reviewed us, and it was so great. Thank um, you. We reviewed them too, because I, <laughs> I did. I only listened to a few of their episodes. My favorite being, uh, I think it was episode like thirty-one, and they talked about like nineties. Music that is still relevant today. Ooh, nice. Or is still in the top charts or something like that. Mm. It was a few weeks ago, so I'm sorry. I'm being vague. But they talked a lot about Nirvana, and I was like, heck I was yeah. listening to Nirvana today. <laughs> yeah. In the shower. I'm like, heck yeah, I love Nirvana. They were my jam in high school. How I, like, is, I feel like, oh, yeah, I found out about music and, like, some music in the weirdest way. But, like, obviously everybody knows who Nirvana is. And obviously I knew a few of their songs, but I went to my auntie's house to, like, borrow movies, and she had a bunch of CDs there, too. And she happened to have, like, a bunch of Nirvana CDs from the 90s. And I was like, oh, Nirvana, they're, like, popular. Maybe I should listen no, to they're them. they're popular, <laughs> and I want to be hip. They're, like, punk rock and cool, and I'm, like, trying to be like And that. I'm, like, <laughs> punk rock and cool, too, so. <laughs> Sandy thought so. She thought it was cool. Thank I did. you, Sandy. Um, so when I borrowed a bunch of them and, you know, put them on my computer, like all teens do, and yeah, that's how I listened to Nirvana for a good year of my life in high school. And that's about the extent of how that went. <laughs> Great. Yeah. Hey, I just had this thought. Can you believe it's almost going to be ten years that we've known each other? Wow. It's been... Whoa, that's weird. That is really weird. Because we were, like, 14 when we, we met. Well, I was 13. Because I was born in December. Yeah, so this is, like, nine years. Yeah. In, like, September will be nine years. Yeah, so we're kind of 10 soon. That's wild. That's insane. It's a whole decade. Yeah. That means I've known, like, a few of our other friends for that long. I know! That's so great. I think it's great. I can't remember my life without you in it. <laughs> like, I'm not even kidding. And I... I'm not even trying to be sappy. I truly am like, <laughs> what was my life like before I met Chazne? Okay, well, honestly, same. 
because yeah, I don't really remember anything from elementary school. Yeah, except for I remember well, grade eight because but... grade eight was pretty long and awful. But <laughs> yep, yeah. Anyways, <laughs> yeah. Okay, a few more shout outs before we begin. Uh, nothing Canada. No, no. Sorry, I was shortening it. Nothing ever happens in Canada. You know, Canadian girl. She's like our number one fan. Hello, and, and we are her number one fan. For reals. Fight she us if you think you are her is, number one fan, because you're not. Yeah, it's us. You have to, yeah, come at us, bro. She's like our actual neighbor. Yeah. We wave at she's her just all the time. the province over. Yeah, I, I wave out my window sometimes and I pretend that she sees me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure she does. <laughs> Can you see us waving from here? Yeah, I'm not even going to deny it at this point. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, she put our promo in her last episode, which was about the, pic- I can't say it, pictoglyphs? Oh, yeah. Pictoglyphs? Pictoglyphs. Yeah, I pic- can't say it either. Pic- They're uh, pictures on rocks <laughs> 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 that are found in Saskatchewan, which I had no idea about, and I've lived here forever. And uh, apparently Saskatchewan used to have woolly rhinos. What? Yeah, go listen to her newest episode. Find out about that. I was also gonna say, Canadian girl, uh, I love your new logo, which I sent. I said that to you a long time ago, but to the point where, have you gotten fan art yet? Because I'm gonna draw you some fan art. Oh, and also speaking of fan art, uh, why aren't any of you drawing us fan art except for Gabby? Gabby's already Sylvia did once. Did she? Oh, the gnomes. The gnomes. Except for Gabby and Sylvia, you guys are off the hook. Yeah, everybody else, get out your pencils. You better draw us some stuff. Uh, you, you know what? I am actually a certified art teacher. Ooh. So um, I promise I won't judge you that hard. So please draw <laughs> me something. Look, it can be a stick figure, and you can write my name over top of it, and I'll be like, yes. Uh, yeah, I will actually be so happy. Yes. <laughs> I, like, when I'm subbing and kids get done their work early or whatever, I'm like, draw me a picture. And they'll be like, they like they're like these like jockey sport kids. They don't draw, but they'll be like, I don't know what to draw. I'm like, anything, literally. Like, oh, that really do you like hockey? Like, draw me a hockey jersey. And so one kid actually did, and it was really awesome. And was oh, so that's happy. awesome. Yeah, I reminds me of the poetry um, workshop I did. There were like these, like in the back, there were these three like popular jockey guys, and they were like playing around. And I'm like, oh man, like. I don't know how I'm going to deal with them. But then at the end, they came up to me like, hey, thank you. Like, that was really good. Your poetry was really good. And, like, we really enjoyed it. That was such a good workshop. And I was like, ah, thank you. (laughs) I've made changes in some lives. Well, maybe not. But uh, anyway, I was happy. Yeah. And you want to do our last shout-out? Oh, yes. I want to shout-out Undercover Coven because Paula got my postcard that I sent her and I did tell her I was gonna send one to her I just didn't tell her when and then I sent it so I was surprised I do that a lot I like sending people postcards and I like receiving them so let us know if you want to send us one please send us one please some fan mail we're so lonely here (laughs) me Shazne Loki and the ghost yeah we should start a show yeah we could be two spooked girls a scary ghost and a dog (laughs) no idea what's going on half the time uh who thinks the world revolves around him and he's right yeah he's not wrong this actual this whole podcast is about him he thinks so anyway yeah 
Okay. Listen to it backwards. You just hear us. Like it's all just about Loki. Yeah, it's a just hidden messages. Totally, all hail Loki. Um, so, <laughs> Sandy, how was your week? I don't even remember this week. What did I do? Let me check. Oh, I worked. <laughs> oh, um. Uh, my my mouth feels better. I can finally drink out of a straw again. I had a checkup at the dentist today. And it didn't even last, like, five minutes. She just looked and was like, wow, it's healing so good. Continue rinsing with salt water. Bye. And I was like, okay. <laughs> then I went to work. So, yeah, nothing too eventful. Um, what about you? So you just had a checkup? Yeah. I, weren't you getting your other ones removed? No. I only have... Technically, I only had two. Well, now I only have one. Oh, yeah, I knew that. Yeah, but the one they couldn't take out because it was too close to my nerve. Oh. And I have to see a specialist, but also it's, like, it doesn't hurt me. And it's not, like, breaking. Like, I can't even feel it. Yeah. So I feel like if I were to take that one out, it's a problem for a, a later day. It's a problem for future Sandy. Yeah, future Sandy. She might hate me, it. but whatever. Yeah, and for some reason I had it in my mind that you were getting your other ones taken out. Probably, Could you imagine? Like, most people have two sets to get taken out, so I probably just assumed when you said I'm going to the dentist next Thursday that you're getting your other ones taken out. But, yeah, I mean, I didn't even ha- I didn't even have a full set. I just had yeah, two wisdom teeth. Exactly. Evolution. It's doing its thing, I guess. We don't really need wisdom teeth anymore. Probably not. Well, I mean, our ancestors needed them because they would always they were always eating like really hard stuff and their teeth would fall out. What a bunch of weirdos! Oh yeah, I know. They're like eating rocks, uh, like, like cavemen. Have you ever heard of brushing? Like I know, like come on, Ugh. oral health. So <laughs> yeah, their teeth would fall out and their wisdom teeth would come in to replace them. But like they had room for them back then. Now we don't. Yeah, my week. Um. Okay, so I've had my axolotls for, like, two weeks. Two weeks? Oh, my God. Two months. Yeah, I was like, it's only been two weeks. <laughs> two months. This Loki wants to be part of the podcast, too. Everything has to be about him. <laughs> okay, so I've had my axolotls for about two months. And, oh, they're so big now. Aww. Oh, my God, they're getting so big. Anyway. <laughs> So, like, I've been having, like, issues with the water, though, specifically. Like, all, like, I'll test it, and all the parameters are right, like, where it's supposed to be. But there's all this, like, it kind of looks, like, a bit hazy. So I've been trying to figure that out, and that's been kind of stressful. The, my, like, the axolotls are fine. Like, they're in good health and everything. They're but it's the water? But it's literally just the water. It's just hazy colored. Like, it has, like, mm. little speckles in it. So I don't know. Um, I've been on a lot of forums trying to research and stuff. Yeah, have you checked Reddit? Yeah. Okay. Maybe yeah. make a post on there? I don't know. Yeah, I was thinking about doing that, but... Even if you make just a throwaway account? I think I might have an account. Okay. I have Reddit, so I understand I'd have an account. Who knows? Um, oh, I love Reddit for all the funny things on it. I don't yeah, really do much know. on it. I just love memes. Yeah. Send us some good memes. I like how Reddit somehow knows everything that I like, and it just sends me posts every day, and I'm like... I mean, that's usually how algorithms work. I know. But I'm, I've, like, only searched two things on there before. Well, it it's just... But it everything. Oh, weird. 
it knows everything about me. Yeah. But I'm not surprised, and I'm not offended. I like it. Like it's great. The like, government quality can spoil content. Me. I don't care. I should be concerned, but I'm not because there's probably nothing that I can do about. Um. Anyway, so yeah, there's been that, and then also, uh, I finished a three week, twenty one day workout program thing that I was doing. And that went over really well. That's so good. I'm not sure if my coach actually listens to us. Sometimes we get listens from Arkansas, and she lives in Arkansas. Uh-huh. So, Allison, if you're listening, you rock. Rock on. You the bomb. And I hope you enjoy your summer, because I know today was, like, your last day of teaching for the year. Oh, nice. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, the fast. U.S. has... Yeah, I do remember that. ...and earlier, which yeah. is insane to me. Lots of things about the American education system. As we were talking about just before we hit record. Surprise. <laughs> yeah. Uh, other than that, um, I don't know. We just spent 20 minutes on that again. Remember last week we did that? I'm sorry to listeners who don't like that. Yeah, this that. is probably why my dad doesn't listen to us anymore. Probably. <laughs> No one has sent us a complaint, okay? We're waiting for someone to send us hate mail. And none of you have, yeah. so... And you know the day if someone sends us hate mail and tells us to shut the hell up? We then... won't, but we'd appreciate that effort. <laughs> Hi, Loki. All right. Um, this is going to be an interesting episode, so Sandy, why don't we get into it? I am so excited. Oh okay. My gosh. Speaking of my father, this is my dad's favorite story ever, and he would always tell it to me. Every day of my life, it seemed. And it's interesting. Like, I always found it cool. But when, like, I actually researched it, I'm like, oh, God, like, this is such, like, this is such a, like, my, my dad thing. I mean, hey, all the power to you. So, today, I am talking about the mysterious, the legendary, and the plain weird. I feel like he, this story embodies all three. I'm talking about Pancho Villa, a Mexican outlaw. I don't know this one. Good. Okay, <laughs> so basically, there is so much history on this. I could have gone on and on and on. Oh, same. But I managed to cut it down to three pages. There is so much. He had a big part in the Mexican Revolution, but I'm not really going to touch on that because there is so much. Yeah. Um, one thing I will say about the Mexican Revolution is the Mexican government was like, no, like, they didn't like him and neither did the U.S. government. Basically, both governments really wanted to see this guy dead. Ooh. Um, so yeah, he had a big part in the Mexican Revolution. If you really want to know more about that, go search it yourself. Go watch documentaries. Go watch a movie. Shazna's eating gummy worms. You can't stick candy in front of me and expect me not to Okay, you know it. what? I said, hey, do you want a gummy worm? And then you said no. And then I said, <laughs> well, you can have one if you want one. And then you said, oh, I'll have one. She said more than one. I mean, that's I fine. Four. <laughs> that's fine. I don't care. I have a have, candy problem. <laughs> have all the gummy worms you want. Anyways, so, Pancho Villa, or Francisco Pancho Villa, was born on June 5th. And what's the significance of that day? Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know whose birthday it is? Pete Wentz from Fall Out Boy. Shouts out to Pete Wentz. Yeah, that's it. That's the only. And Mark Wahlberg. That's the only significance this has to us. And people I went to school with. <laughs> and Shaznay. What? That's my birthday. No. Oh. Anyways, so he was born. <laughs> 
hi to our listeners. Um, this will be released on Monday, so next Wednesday is my birthday. I would yeah. appreciate some. And my grad is the Tuesday. Is about me, Sandy? <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was about Loki. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> touche. <laughs> so yeah, send send Shazney some love. I'll be twenty thousand and three years old. <laughs> What's my age again? <laughs> Anyways, so this guy has the same birthday as Shaz, except he was born in 1878, so... We're twinsies. Yes. And his name isn't actually Francisco Villa, it's actually José Doroteo Arango Ar- Arambula. Okay, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> so, Villa was a Mexican revolutionary general and the most prominent figures in the Mexican Revolution. So, our man, Pancho, and also I, like, really don't like that name, so I'm just going to be calling him Villa. I never liked that name, by the way. <laughs> Anyways. So, he told many different stories about his life, and most of them, if not all of them, are contradicting. So, to this day, no one really knows what his early life was like. It's still a oh, mystery. Oh, just kept making it up? Yeah, so, but a lot of it is speculated. Yeah. So, some sources say he grew up at the Rancho de la Coyotada, which is one of the largest haciendas. An hacienda is a large estate. So, um, yeah. So, it says that he grew up here in the state of Durango. However, um, some scholars say that his father was a sharecropper named Agustin Arango. But, Villa claims that his father was actually a bandit, not a sharecropper. And his father was actually named Agustin Villa, so to this day, no one knows who his father is. They're only speculating. Um, yeah, scholars say it was a sharecropper, but Villa himself said it was a bandit. So, do what you want with that information. <laughs> he was the oldest child out of five children, and he went to a school at a church-run school, so I'm assuming Catholic, because eight, like... 1800s. Yeah. Early 1900s in Mexico. Definitely. Um, but he wasn't very into school. Like, he was, like, he knew, like, basic reading and math, but, like, he just wasn't good at school, I guess. So when he was yeah, 16 I... years old, he quit school because his father passed away, so he helped his mother on the ranch. Uh, he became the head of his family and started working as a sharecropper. And so different sources tell this story differently. Um, One source said that when Villa was 16 years old, he came home. I don't know where he was. He just came home. And he found uh, his mother and the ranch owner of the ranch where he worked at arguing. So the ranch owner was named Lopez Negrete. uh, And they were arguing because the ranch owner wanted certain favors from Villa's 12-year-old sister. What a disgusting Gross. Man. So, Villa was, like, outraged, as I would be too, and he shot the ranch ha- or the ranch owner in- on the foot, and then he fled. And oh, I would have shot him more places than the foot. Well, <laughs> another source says that when he was 16, he moved to Chihuahua. But then he returned to Durango because he found out that this ranch owner had actually raped his sister. So he's like, I have to kill him. Yeah. Which, like, I understand. That is understandable. So he, I, some sort of say he killed him, others say he didn't. I don't know. Uh, but anyways, he stole the horse from the ranch owner and he left. 
Okay, and yeah, he okay. became a member of a bandit band headed by one of the most famous bandits in Durango named Ignacio Parra. That's the only thing we ever hear of this guy. Uh, in 1902, Villa was caught by police and was arrested for stealing mules and for assault. So there are certain stories that paint Villa as a hero to the impoverished communities. There are stories of him and his gang of bandits attacking rich haciendas in distributing the stuff they would steal to poor regions. Other stories tell of Villa stealing cattle for the poor so that they could have meat and food. Uh, he would also recruit members out of these towns, kind of like how like Mexican like army generals or whatever would recruit young men from towns like this. He also would too, except for different reasons. He wanted them to be part of his bandit band. Um... I would join his band. Oh, uh, you know what? I kind of think so, too. So, it wasn't long before Villa had his own little army gathered in northern Mexico. So, he would make money for this army by stealing cattle and then selling beef to, uh, like, at the border. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the border, he would find many American merchants who were willing to sell him weapons, like guns and, like, ammunition. So, he would indulge in that. And since Villa was facing a stagnant economy, he would issue his own money. However, when some merchants refused to take his money, he would just kill them. One of his friends, uh, Rodolfo Fierro, a.k.a. El Carnicero, a.k.a. The Butcher, was in charge of the executions. So basically, these merchants didn't want his money, so he's like, okay, uh, Butcher, kill them, and he would. What a boss. I know. Uh, So as was mentioned before, Villa was... Oh, God. Oh, yeah. Villa was part of the revolution, the Mexican Revolution, which started in November of 1910. So, basically how this started, impoverished towns in Chihuahua became outraged with the high cost of food. And they're like, hey, these rich landowners are treating us like garbage, so let's start a riot. So, they were, like, these outraged citizens' anger turned to violence, which then led to them electing their own military leaders and when you know it, they picked Pancho Villa as the first commander. You know, these people saw him as this hero. He was like, like a lot of people see Pancho Villa as the Mexican Robin Hood. And mm-hmm. yeah, Robin Hood wasn't real. But like, he stole from the rich to give to these impoverished communities. Mm-hmm. And they're like, hey, the Mexican government and these rich landlords are doing a shit. And this guy's actually helping us, so... Um, and Villa, at this point, had a reputation of being one of Mexico's best gunfighters. His friend was quoted saying, His gun was more important to him than eating and sleeping. I don't know if anything could be that important to me, I'll be honest. I love eating, and I love sleeping. Um. I guess my dog, but even then, I'm like, Loki, leave me alone, I'm trying to go to sleep. Yeah, Then I'm always true. yelling at him for getting away from my food. <laughs> That's so true. Like, I was just yelling at him. Because <laughs> he wanted my hot dog. It was mine. Get your own hot dog, Loki. Unfortunately, <laughs> this is my hot dog. I would die for you, but please. Uh, so Villa became one of the most important military leaders, and by 1913, Villa's army had about 3,000 men in it. They would mostly attack at night, which was when they were more successful. Um... Villa was also known to go after federal troops in the Mexican government itself. Like, him and the Mexican government had beef. (laughs) Uh, He was so gruesome and so good at what he did that the U.S. caught wind of him. And he, like, he was, 
like not him himself, but like people like Hollywood made movies about him. And they talked about him in American newspapers. Filmmakers and journalists would even go to Mexico to see if they could catch Villa in the action. And Villa was like, fuck yeah. So he would stage some battles in front of the cameras. Like, he'd just, like, kind of reenact them. He'd just like, oh, yes, let me show you how good I am at fighting. That's funny. Um, which, honestly, I would probably do that, too. So he ended up attacking a place called Columbus, New Mexico, which is, in fact, in the United States of America. So, since he ended up attacking the U.S., the American officers and government were like, no. (laughs) So... The American army then led expeditions into Mexico to try to find him. However, they couldn't. Like, he was just so good. They couldn't find him. No. You know one thing? I didn't write this down, but something my dad told me was when he knew, like, these people were looking for him, he would, like, you know, like, horseshoes? He would take the horseshoes and put them, like, backwards on his horse so it looked like he was going in the opposite direction that he was actually going in. Yeah. So people were like, oh, he's going this way, but wrong, he was going the other way. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Dad. Who knew that information would be so useful? And someday we will also use that when we run away from the law. <laughs> we will put our shoes on backwards. And run through the snow. Because <laughs> we live in Canada. <laughs> yes. We'll put little, like, doggy shoes on Loki, but we'll put them on backwards. Yeah. Uh, just... There was, like, other things he did, like, he would, he'd, like, switch, like, military uniforms, so it'd be like, oh, this guy's from the American government or the Mexican government, but actually they were not. Or, like, he would dress up his soldiers in these, um, uniforms. Like, he was just, like, a clever man. However, when, like, people couldn't find him, he's like, I guess there's nothing left to do than to retire. (laughs) Of course. So he returned to his home state of Durango and became an owner of an hacienda. Unfortunately, or fortunately, depending on who you are or how you view the situation, he was assassinated on the 20th of July in 1923. So Villa had had to pick up a load of gold. No idea where he was picking it up from, but that's what he was going to use to pay his employees. Mm -hmm. And he was driving home when seven riflemen shot his car 150 times. Whoa. No one Whoa, knows. that number's also in my story. Wow. Wait, no, mine's 130. Oh. Never mind. Close. Darn. Uh, no one knows who ordered this assassination. Uh, the shooters ended up getting a very minimal prison sentence, which has led into the conspiracy theories that the Mexican government ordered the killings. Completely. I mean, I... Yeah. They were probably criminals who were already, like, apprehended for something. Probably. Who were probably going to go to prison and they're like we'll give you a lighter sentence if you if you kill Villa uh so like yeah like I said Villa had beef with the government so honestly it wouldn't really surprise me if they decided to do this no so Pancho Villa's house in Chihuahua is now a museum that you can go through we should go okay um you said you wanted to go back to Mexico and I want to go back to Mexico let's let's take a I'll go anywhere in Mexico honestly yeah honestly Chihuahua is like close to my home state so yeah we can pass through the zone of silence afterwards. Yes! On my way to see my grandma. <laughs> we'll go to Villa's house and then the zone of silence and then my grandma's. Perfect. Whose house is also haunted. <gasps> Road trip in Mexico. Yes. Yeah. We'll take Loki because we have to take him everywhere. Yeah. <clears throat> we need someone to protect us. 
so there's also a museum dedicated to Villa, which has his personal items and photographs in the black Dodge he was in when he was killed. Also, this is super weird, and I remember when I researched this, my dad told me this too. So Pancho Villa's grave is located at Cementerio Municipal in Parral, and his grave has been has not been left alone since his passing. So three years after being buried, someone dug up his body, and guess what they did? Take a guess. Uh, I have no idea. They took his head. Oh, <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> yeah, take his head. So many Mexicans believe that an American adventurer took his oh head <laughs> to collect his skull. So apparently there, there is or there was, I don't know, this guy from Chicago who liked to collect the skulls of historic figures. So people were like, that's probably who took <laughs> Pancho Villa's head. But that's not as weird as it gets. So three years after the odd decapitation, the government moved Villa's body to Mexico City so that... Like, they could put him in, like, a tomb. However, some Mexicans say that after the decapitation, that the government replaced his body with a decoy body to prevent other grave robberies, and that the body taken to Mexico City is a decoy, and the original body was placed back into the grave. Either way, mm. people still lay flowers on the grave to this day. So, like, he's, mm. he was a really well-respected bandit in Mexico during the time. Wow. Because... He just loved helping the poor, and he loved so murdering he the like, government. He's like the Mexican Robin Hood. Yeah, that's like, if you Google, like, bunch of, like, when I was Googling, uh-huh. like, Google would, like, the auto suggestions would be Robin Hood. <laughs> I asked my mom what I should do this week for my story, and she was like, do Robin Hood. And I was like, no. So I'm glad I didn't do Robin you know, Hood. <laughs> also, your topic is also, like, a story my dad loved to tell me. So I think this episode oh, yeah. will be a treat for him. And if he doesn't listen, I will be personally offended. Do you hear that, Dad? No, because he's not listening. Oh. <laughs> he always said he'd support my endeavors. Just tell him to skip the first 17 minutes of us rambling about random stuff. Okay. <laughs> Probably thinks we're annoying. Probably. He's like... You know, I'm actually nervous. Like, what if he calls... Or what if he, like, actually emails us to be like, you got all of your facts wrong. I know more about this than either of you. I hope he does. You know what? Dad, send us hate mail. Please. <laughs> okay, so... Um, no, I want a gummy worm. <laughs> please, eat them all. So I don't eat them all. No, you're gonna eat them all with me. Oh, okay. So, I'm the one who picked the topic this week, because... We were like, what are we going to do this week? I don't know. I mean, I was like, notorious robberies or something like that, right? And I was like, what the fuck am I supposed to do? <laughs> I was at work when I was like, oh, I know. So, yeah. Well, I didn't even know what I was going to do. I just like. That seems to be our trend. Yeah. No idea how we're going to execute it, but. I was like, this will be will. cool. And then I don't even know a story about robberies. Anyway. um, So. You know, my first thought was, oh, robbers? Well, my favorite robbers are Bonnie and Clyde, but I'm like, that's everybody's favorite robbers. Like, what? I mean, they're notorious. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, I'm not going to do Bonnie and Clyde. Everybody knows Bonnie and Clyde. LOL. um, When I went to do my notes today, I log into my computer, I go to Google, and I type in notorious robberies. 
And of course, the first thing that pops up. Bonnie and Clyde. But the reason I decided to go with it was because May 23rd, the date of today that we are recording, is the anniversary of their death. I feel like I should say something, but I don't know, like, pay my respects. I don't know. I think that was, like, 85 years ago. It was in 1934. Yeah, it was during the Depression. Yeah, they died in 1934, so I don't know math, but I think that's like 85 years ago. If you know math, (laughs) email us because we don't. I mean, at least I'm not the teacher. I'm not a math teacher, man. I said I'm an art teacher. Of course. (laughs) I mean, but you're like, you can teach math, can you not? Like, technically? Um... Yes, in Saskatchewan, once you hold a teacher teaching degree thing, you can teach anything, but ethically, no. That's part of our code of ethics. We are not allowed to teach stuff we're not comfortable teaching. Like, I wouldn't go into, like, a physics 30 class. Could you imagine? I would be like, I don't know what any of this means. That was, like, our English teacher in grade 11. She was telling us how, like, the physics teacher was out, so she, like, subbed her class, and there or his class, and she would, like, students would be like, hey, can you help us? And she'd just look at them and giggle. <laughs> like, she didn't even respond. She's like, <laughs> And they were like, okay. <laughs> okay, I guess not. <laughs> um, yeah. I usually, if kids are like, can you help me with this? I'll, like, look at it and be like, no. <laughs> hmm. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. Yeah, you know what? I'm an art teacher. I don't know any of this stuff. You know what? <laughs> I don't know. Then <laughs> move on. I'm like, uh, let me ask Google. <laughs> uh, anyway, okay. So, during the Great Depression in the 1930s. Oh, come here, Loki. Come here. Come here. Ah. Come sit on my lap. I'm going to tell you a story about stuff. There we go. Okay. <laughs> During the Great Depression in the 1930s, there was a gang of robbers known as the Barrow Gang. That was an arguably the most notorious crime couple of them all. Bonnie and Clyde. <sighs> I have so many feelings about this. Oh my god, Loki, don't. <laughs> There's no food for you. <laughs> First of all, we'll, we'll get some backstory about these two, the, the love birds. Okay, first of all, (laughs) Bonnie was born, Bonnie Elizabeth Parker in Rowena, Rowena, I don't know, Rowena, Texas, in 1910. When she was in high school, she met Roy, Roy, why can't I say the name Roy? Roy. Roy Roy. Thornton, which whom she dropped out of school with to marry six days before her 16th birthday in 1926. Wow, that was three sixes right there. Six, six, six. cursed. <laughs> he spent a lot of time in prison, and though they never actually divorced, they never did see each other after January of 1929. So they were, like, together for three years, but he was in prison so much that she was just kind of like, yeah, peace out, dude. Um, she had a diary in 1929 at the age of 19 that mentioned her loneliness, uninterest in her life in Dallas, and her love for the movies. Ooh. Yeah. So Clyde was born as Clyde Chestnut Barrow, 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 in 1909 to a very poor family. A family of seven children, the family lived under their wagon for the first few months when they moved to Dallas. 
So until they could afford to get like a tent, they lived under their wagon. Holy walks. <laughs> Barrow was first arrested at age of 17 in late 1926 after running when, when the police confronted him over a rental car that he failed to return on time. I just imagine that's you, but with library books. <laughs> his second arrest was with his brother Buck soon after for possession of stolen turkeys. <laughs> He did carry a few real jobs in his teenage years, but also cracked safes, robbed stores, and stole cars. Hey, you know what? All I can say Side is... Side hustle. Yeah, all I can say is at least he's not, like, trafficking drugs or something, you Just know? Just stealing cars. Yeah. So Bonnie and Clyde met on January 5th of 1930 at the home of Clarence Clay, one of Clyde's friends, in West Dallas. He was 20 years old, and Bonnie was 19, Bonnie was out of work and staying with a female friend to assist her during her recovery from a broken arm. Clyde dropped by the girl's house while Bonnie was in the kitchen making hot chocolate. Both were smitten immediately. Most historians believe that Parker joined Barrow because she had fallen in love with him. They spent much time together during the following weeks, but their romance was cut short when Clyde was arrested and convicted of auto theft. He was sentenced to East Ham Prison Farm in April of 1930. Clyde was the victim of several sexual assaults while in prison and retaliated by attacking and killing his abuser with a lead pipe. This was his first kill, but it wouldn't be his last. Luckily, another inmate who was already serving a life sentence took the blame for Clyde. Oh, how nice. Mm-hmm. Barrow had another inmate chop off two of his toes with an axe. <laughs> I shouldn't laugh, but okay. In order to avoid hard labor in the fields, and he walked with a limp for the rest of his life. Me not wanting to go to work, Shazney, do it, do it. <laughs> Chops off your toes. Yeah, I can't come into work. My best, my supposedly best friend just chopped my toes off. I'm not entirely sure when this happened. Like, I couldn't find a date a time stamp for this but because it says that his mother had successfully petitioned a release for him without his knowledge and he was set free six days after his intentional injury wow okay my mom would never (laughs) same you stay in jail and rot yeah (laughs) we have the same mom basically (laughs) pretty much so but anyway, he somehow he's back in prison, and Bonnie visited Clyde in prison, and even snuck a gun in to help Clyde escape, but Damn. he was shortly recaptured and sent back. When Clyde was finally released on parole in 1932, his sister said that he was a changed man, and he was never the same after it. Another inmate described Clyde as going from a schoolboy, you know, young and bright, full of life. You stay gold, pony boy. <laughs> to a rattlesnake. <laughs> what a transformation. <laughs> Someone you do not want to mess with. After he was out, Clyde continued his life of crime, robbing grocery stores and gas stations. John Neal Phillips said, His goal in life was not to gain fame or fortune from Robin Banks, but to seek revenge against the Texas prison system, for the abuses that he suffered while serving time. He and his accomplice, Ralph Fultz, 
wanted to gain enough funds to launch an attack against the prison Clyde served at. Parker and Fultz robbed a hard... Parker being Bonnie. So Bonnie and Fultz robbed a hardware store with intent of stealing some firearms. They got caught and Fultz was convicted, but Bonnie was not. Though, while she was awaiting trial, she did spend some time in jail where she enjoyed writing poetry. So, I have a poem for us. I am so excited. So this one is called The Trails and... I'm so excited. It actually has like a few different names, but I think this is the most common known one. You've read the story of Jesse James, of how he lived and died. Here's the story of Bonnie and Clyde. Now Bonnie and Clyde are the Barrow Gang. I'm sure you all have read... How they rob and steal, and those who squeal are usually found dying or dead. Wow. There's lots of untruths to these write-ups. They're not as ruthless as that. Their nature is raw. They hate all the law. The stool pigeons, spotters, and rats. They call them blood... They call them cold-blooded killers. (laughs) They say they are heartless and mean. But I say this with pride, that I once knew Clyde. When he was honest and upright and clean. But the law fooled around, kept taking him down and locking him up in a cell. Till he said to me, I'll never be free, so I'll meet a few of them in hell. (laughs) Mood. Yes. The road was so dimly lighted, there were no highway signs to guide. But they made up their minds, if all roads were blind, they wouldn't give up till they died. The roads get dimmer and dimmer, sometimes you can hardly see, but it's fight man to man and do all you can, for they know you can, they can never be free. From heartbreak some people have suffered, from weariness some people have died, but take it all in all, our troubles are small till we get like Bonnie and Clyde. If policeman is killed in Dallas and they have no clue or guide, if they can't find a fiend, Fiend, they just wipe their state slate clean and hate it, hate it on Bonnie and Clyde. Oh, I'm having troubles reading. <laughs> There's two crimes committed in America, not accredited to Barrow Mob. They had no hand in the kidnap demand, nor the Kansas City Depot job. A newsboy once said to his buddy, "I wish old Clyde would get jumped." In these awful hard times. We'd make a few dimes if five or six cops would get bumped. The police haven't got the report yet, but Clyde called me up today. He said, don't start any fights. We aren't working nights. We're joining the NRA. Uh, okay. (laughs) From the Irving to West Dallas, Viaduct is known as the Great Divide, where the women are kin and the men are men, and they won't stool on Bonnie and Clyde. If they try to act like citizens and rent them a nice little flat, about the third night, they're invited to fight a subgun's rat-tat-tat. They don't think they're too smart or desperate. They know that the law always wins. They've been shot at before, but they do not ignore that death is the wages of sin. Someday they'll go down together. They'll bury them side by side. To few it'll be grief, to the law a relief. But it's death for Bonnie and Clyde. She had a lot to say. Yeah. I mean, I respect that. As a, as a poet, as a female poet, I respect that. Yeah. Totally. And she had a lot of time to work on this, too. 
But, um, so she basically wrote out their future. Yeah. Which is crazy. Maybe she was a witch. Probably. Clyde and some fellow buds were having some drinks in Oklahoma. <laughs> <Fellow> buds. <laughs> I don't know what to call Shifting them. Shifting gears they're, here. They're other uh, gang, gangster people, but anyway. I just called them his fellow buds. We're having some drinks in Oklahoma when two policemen approached them. Clyde and his buddy opened fire, killing the first officer, in which he would eventually murder nine in total. Yeah, they like to kill cops. Clyde's family friend, W.D. Jones, who was only 16 at the time, joined him and Bonnie, and on Christmas Day of 1932, they killed a young family man while stealing his car, and only a week later, Clyde's first murder of the year would be another law officer. They had murdered five people in the last nine months. Wow. Yeah. That's 1% a month. No. Wait, nine people for the last nine months? Five people in the last nine months. Oh, for some reason I heard nine. Nine, nine. Like upside down six six. I'm, I'm just still on the six 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 thing. Yeah, Anyways. that was like the first sentence. I know. <laughs> Clyde's brother Buck joined the gang after a full release from prison. His wife Blanche. I don't know that name. Blanc. Blanche. 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 Joined. I think it's Blanche. Yeah. Well, Blanche joined along, and they set up a house in Missouri. Though it was apparently Blanche and Buck's intention to get Clyde to give himself up. Instead, though, the men in the house ran loud alcohol-fueled card game nights, even shooting off a gun once, disturbing the neighbors. And they were eventually confronted, as the police believed them to be bootleggers. They didn't realize that they were, like, the barrel game. They thought they were bootleggers. <laughs> they were, yeah, like, you, alcohol? Yeah, you could are, like, cause my Christian country. <laughs> so the game fled leaving behind most of their possessions, including the infamous photographs that we know of today. So Oh yeah. All those photographs that you see of Bonnie and Clyde and they're like pointing guns at each other and Yeah. Everything Bonnie has a huge cigar in her mouth. Yeah. 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 Those were um found in this house and they had left them there. So mm-hmm. yeah. These were used in newspapers to spread the word of the murderer's gain. And they actually used, like, the picture of yeah. Bonnie with the cigarette in her mouth. And people thought that she was some sort of, like, hard stone Yeah, like, that, girl. that, like, influenced girls at that time. They're yeah. like, hey, hey, representation, okay? I mean, not that Honestly. I condone Bonnie. She actually wasn't that great. No. But, anyway, representation is all yeah. I am saying. Oh, yeah, for sure. They continued their spree of robberies, but surprisingly enough, when they took hostages, they would, like, take their hostage car from the home and drop them off somewhere, but they usually gave them some money to help them get back home. Oh, how, how nice of I them. I thought that was quite sweet of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry for your trouble. Here's a dollar. Yeah, sorry for taking hostage. Here's some money. Uh, go catch a cab. <laughs> With their new notor- notoriety notoriety with their new notoriety (laughs) their daily lives became more difficult as they tried to evade discovery restaurants and motels became less secure they resorted to campfire cooking and bathing in cold streams the unrelieved around the clock proximity of five people in one car gave rise to vicious bickering so you know the five people in the same car they started to fight a lot so that was uh that was Jones, W.D. Jones, Blanche, Buck, Bonnie, and Clyde. Mm-hmm. 
Um, yeah, their car probably only had five seats, if that, so that would have sucked. On June 10th, Clyde flipped his car into a ravine. Yes. <laughs> this is even funny. Oh my god. No, I just imagine that they were fighting. So Clyde's like, you guys don't stop. I'm going to turn this car around. <laughs> They're so fighting that he just flips the car into a ravine. Yeah, I just have this image of like, I don't know, my dad doing that because my siblings and I are fighting. Like, this is all because of you guys. Yeah. Is there someone upstairs? I'm scared. Did you hear that? Yeah. Oh my god, there's someone outside. <laughs> they might have seen me. I'm spooked. Anyways, I hope they enjoy our banter. Like, you're your neighbors back? I don't know. There's like a truck out there and there's people moving stuff in. So either my neighbors are back or someone else is moving in. I'm terrified. But there's people upstairs. Well, even Loki's like, who the fuck? Maybe we're being robbed. <laughs> I mean, there's nothing up there. The irony of, like, we're talking about oh, robberies. See, Loki's gonna go to the door and, like, tell him to get off his lawn. Like an old man. I'm so scared. Me too. Okay, good idea. <laughs> this week on the podcast, we get robbed. Oh my god, what if they try to rob my books? I will fight someone. Well, you know, if we're murdered, at least it'll all be on recording. Hey, our <laughs> legacy, it's good content, right? <laughs> you see the headlines like, two podcasters die while recording their podcast. Don't stop recording. <laughs> Don't stop recording. Narrate the whole thing. <laughs> Even do their outro as we like And you can follow us on as we're like taking our last breath. Okay. Anyway, on June 10th, Clyde flipped his car into a ravine with Jones and Bonnie inside. Either a fire or the acid from the car battery left Bonnie with third degree burns that caused the muscles in her right leg to contract. Jones described the leg having no skin on it left, and the bone was even visible in some places. Bonnie could hardly walk after that, and Clyde was often seen carrying her. Yeah. So, um, yeah, her, like, the muscles contracted, so, like, it shrunk her leg a bit, I guess, from what I understand. In an attempt to buckle down and take care of Bonnie, the group rented a two-unit cabin with a garage, but quickly gained, were quickly I don't know, someone gained suspicion on them. Hmm. And officers armed with machine guns headed to the cabin. After a car horn short-circuited and the officers thought that it was a ceasefire signal, the gang got away, but not without injury. So there was a gunfight and they got away, but Buck Barrow had sustained a bullet wound that blasted a large hole in his forehead, skull bone, and exposed his injured brain and Blanche was nearly blinded from glass fragments in both eyes. 
The game found camp, and Buck was sometimes semi-conscious, and he even talked and ate, but his massive head wound and loss of blood were so severe that Clyde and Jones dug a grave for him. They were ratted out by local residents. Clyde, Bonnie, and Jones escaped by foot, but Buck was shot in the back, and him and Blanche were captured by police. Buck died five days later. They did try doing surgery on him and stuff, but, like, he eventually Mm -hmm. succumbed to his injuries. <clears throat> so in early 1934, Clyde broke out five prisoners from the East Ham prison farm where he had served time, finally getting his revenge on the Texas law enforcement. During the escape, he killed another officer, you know, because he likes to do Classic. that. Classic. Texan prison officials hired a retired Texas Ranger, Captain Frank ha- Hamer, as a special investigator to track down Parker and Barrow. Starting February 10th, Hamer became the constant shadow of the Barrow Gang, living out of his car just a town or two behind them. After a three-month search, Hamer traced the couple to Louisiana. It, there was a pattern in where they were going. They were visiting, like, relatives and people that they oh, knew. Yeah. So they kind of figured out where that they were going next. Okay. It was the morning of May 23rd. In, on, in 1934, so, what, 85 years ago, like we talked about? I'm pretty sure it's 85 years. Anyway. When officers set up camp outside a residence, the Barrow Gain was due to visit. The family of one of their accomplices. When Clyde stopped his vehicle to talk to the accomplice's father, who the officers actually set up, they set him up on the side of the road. They're like, okay, go stand over there so that Clyde stops to talk to you because that's where we want him. Yeah. The officers opened fire with a hail of 130 bullets, killing Bonnie and Clyde. Clyde was killed instantly by a bullet to the skull, likely shot before the order was given to do so. They were likely shot more than 50 times each, each shot being fatal. As word spread, a crowd gathered at the spot of the raid. One woman even cut off locks of Bonnie's hair and pieces of her dress to sell as souvenirs and a man trying to steal Clyde's trigger finger, like literally had a pocket knife out trying to chop off his finger, but he uh, used to shoot people. Ew. Yeah. I mean, but also, he already lost two toes, so what's the thing? I mean, I'm sure he's not going to miss his finger, but, like, still, what the hell? Yeah. Could you imagine, like, you see this dead person who's, like, famous, and you, you just think in your mind that you can just, like, go up and chop off their body part and sell it? Well, I mean, that also happened in my story. Not to sell it, I guess to collect. Well, I mean, that's a theory. But still, yeah, weird. Uh, just... Leave that head and finger alone. Yeah, that's just so weird, man. And pe- there was also reports of like people trying to steal his like ear or like other things too. Yeah. Like people were picking up the bullet shells and people what? are fucked. Yeah, they, they just. I guess Bonnie and Clyde were kind of seen as like celebrities, but yeah. in the bad sense back then. Infamous. So, exactly infamous and. People were really, like, displaced from reality when it came to them. Like, yeah, they forgot that those were real people. Yeah, and, like, the same thing happens now. Oh, totally. Um, I, I think, I like to think it happens a little less now that we actually talk about this type of stuff, but I don't know, maybe not. I don't know. I think people tend to forget that celebrities and stuff like that are yeah. actually people too crazy. Yeah. Anyway. So, yeah, the whole thing kind of turned into a show. People came from all over to see the area. 
And beer even went up in price because of it. It went from 15 cents to 25 cents. Beer? Yeah. Oh my god, that's the dream, okay? <laughs> Walking into the liquor store. Uh, yeah, it's 15 cents a bottle. Yeah, right. Oh man, I wish. Oh god. Or even 25 cents a bottle. It's like... Like... Two... $2 a bottle. No. Like, you get a 12-pack of beer. It's like 30 bucks. Okay, if you get like a six pack for like twenty five cents, it's like a dollar fifty for the whole pack. That's crazy. Let's go back in time. With all our know. money. I kinda like having running water and electricity. Okay, I'm just saying we can go back in time, we can buy this cheap ass beer and come back. We'll just go back in time, get drunk, then come back. Yes. Okay. That's what I'm that's what that I mean. Fun. So Bonnie and Clyde wished to be buried side by side, but the Parker family would not allow it. Bonnie's mother wanted to grant her final wish to be brought back home, but the mob surrounding the Parker house made that impossible. More than 20,000 people attended Bonnie's funeral, and her family had difficulty reaching their gravesite, her gravesite. Clyde was buried with one of his brothers. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. So, yeah, I really liked our, um, for some reason, like, I got, really got into the Bonnie and Clyde thing in high school. Uh, I think it's because of My Chemical Romance, because everything I do is because of My Chemical Romance. I feel that. Um, their song, Demolition Lovers, was yeah. highly inspired by Bonnie and Clyde. When Bonnie and Clyde are so romanticized. Yeah. Because, for starters, that relationship was not a good one. It was a very no. toxic relationship. Like, Bonnie, she had a drug dependency, and whenever Clyde was like, hey, maybe you should stop that, she would, like beat him up like that is not okay also yeah they were just it was super toxic it was not a healthy relationship like stop playing it also that one halsey and uh what was it that one guy that one song him and i where it has that line like modern day bonnie and clyde for starters uh no you are nowhere near bonnie and clyde second that's not a couple i personally want to be compared to Like, not because they died or because they were doing all this stuff, because their relationship was a terrible one. Exactly. It's kind of like, I always think of Bonnie and Clyde, like, in comparison to, like, Harley and the Joker. Yeah. Like, everybody super romanticizes and loves the couples and stuff like that, but, like, no thanks. I'm sorry. They're not a good couple. No. Like, Like, they were abusive and manipulative and just not good. Yeah. So yeah, thank you for coming out to my TED Talk. That was Bonnie and Clyde, and that was a very, 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 uh, like, shrunken down version of everything yes, that happened. Um, I think I'd just like to dedicate this whole episode to my dad, because these are two of his favorite things. Also, don't, Dad, please don't hate us if we got something wrong. We are two girls. <laughs> we are two spooked girls and a dog. We literally were robbed in the middle of this episode. And a ghost somewhere. Um, so, yeah, it's, it, but we hope you enjoyed it, both my dad and everyone else. Well, I think the robbers are gone, so, I'm, like, kind of spooked about that. Yeah, I have to leave. It's fine, I have a ghost and they don't, so, who's winning? (laughs) Yeah, I hope the ghost spooked them away. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you can 
find us on Instagram at the Woods Podcast. Send us a little tweet on the Twitters at Woods Podcast. Uh, email us at thewoodspodcast at gmail.com. And I would like to thank Jason Shaw for our theme song, Running Waters. And we'll see you next time. Don't get robbed. Bye. Bye. <laughs>